Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, everyone. It is Being Brown at Work Live. And I'm going to say what I know you guys all are expecting me to say, because I say it every Tuesday. I am so excited. It's my favorite day of the week and favorite time of the day, because I have yet another fantastic woman as a guest that's just going to impart some little bit of different knowledge that a lot of us in corporate America really don't take time to focus on. And that is our well-being, our mindset, how we take care of ourselves, our inward selves. And you guys know, you hear me say it all the time, who we are personally is who we are professionally. We can focus on those certificates. We can focus on getting the degrees. Nothing wrong with that. We can focus on having great work product. But if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't recognize when we need to relax, when we need to take a breath, if we don't put in tools into our daily lives that allows us (laughs) to breathe, to check in, to decompress, to take a moment then all those other things we aspire to do, hitting those home runs, being noticed, getting that next level opportunity, not that it won't happen, but oh my gosh, it'll be an unnecessary struggle. And we won't be as as truly our best selves that we can be. How about that? We will not be the best selves we can be. So that's why I had to have my girl on tonight. You guys, I'm telling you, this is going to be everything. So let me get into letting you know who's with us. And this is Amanda Muhammad, who is a mindfulness-based stress management consultant. She is currently pursuing her PhD in business psychology, studying psychological safety. Amanda holds a master's in organizational leadership and a bachelor's degree in management and leadership. Amanda is a certified mindfulness trainer, a compassion fatigue trainer, and a yoga instructor. After several years of experience in corporate America and education, she found love in teaching others and helping them maximize their potential. Amanda now spends her days teaching accessible ways to take a preventive approach to stress management. Further, she teaches professionals how to introduce these techniques to their staff, their students, and clients as a foundation for social-emotional learning, restorative practices, and building resilience, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. She facilitates a variety of trainings and serves as a co to schools, excuse me, organizations, both across the country and internationally. In addition to in-person training, she runs a web-based education platform, Mako Mindfulness, created to guide you through her signature framework of evidence-based practices that change the way we process 
and respond to stressful situations. See, I'm telling you, this is everything. Amanda, sweetheart, welcome to Being Brown at Work Live. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. I'm very excited to be here and talk with you and have a good time as we always do. As we always do. Yes. So I met this woman just, I mean, not even probably what, 2018, 2017, 2017, I think is when we met, right? 2018. That's yeah, right. 2018 is when 20, we met. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Fall of 2018. And I, I tell y'all, it feels like we've known each other, not just three years, but more like 30 years, which isn't possible given her age and mine. But so that's, that's, not, that's not the case. But, but it feels that way. Right, Amanda? I mean, we have connected. We are friends and we are sorors. Yes. We are lovely members of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Just have to put that out there. And, uh, you know, we met at a mastermind and offsite for our businesses when I thought I was going to launch out and launch the tea. And and what I found and what I want Amanda to share with us tonight, because she is such an excellent person in this space, knows it, lives it, uh, and has made an impact in me and how I show up as well as my team at Meritor. And that's why I had to have her on uh, tonight with us. So Amanda, let's kick off our conversation because, you know, you know that people that are watching us now, and I've got a few people saying hello to us here in the comments, we're in corporate America. We're women that, um, you know, we're on this career journey. You were there at one time. So share a little bit about your experience in corporate America and what led you to kicking off and on your own with Make Old Mindfulness. Yeah, so uh, thank you. Great question. So as you heard, my background is management leadership, um, organizational leadership, and now studying business psychology, psychological safety. And when I was a student at the University of Kansas, I was, you know, a business kid and I had full intentions to climb the corporate ladder. I thought I was going to be someone's human resources director. And when I left college and got into my first full-time corporate gig, um, I looked around and a lot of the people around me were pretty freaking stressed, right? And I also noticed <laughs> that there weren't a whole bunch of resources to help anyone cope with it. So I'm looking around and I'm like, this is what I, this is what I get after college? Like this is, you know, I, I didn't know. And so, right. um, you know, looking around and seeing people that, you know, were just stressed, right? And eventually, you know, I was working in operations and I was trying to, I wanted to get into human resources, like I said, and I tried to take this recruiting route and do all of these different things. Um, and eventually I was told I needed to get recruiting experience to become a recruiter at the company. Well, I had to leave my job to go get experience to get the experience for the role that I wanted in that company, you know, the whole corporate shebang. So I ended up working at a very small uh, recruiting company. And I okay. saw the same thing, high pressure sales, um, but very little resources for us to cope with it. Right. I mean, it's just it's just I mean, that's just recruiting. Right. <laughs> like the yes. sales, the sales game. And so, again, once again, seeing the exact same things. And eventually I quit that job the same day. I'm pretty sure I was going to get fired. If any of you all are watching this. Hello. Um, <laughs> and I ended up stumbling into education and. I started out as a substitute teacher, but what I saw, I always say whenever I'm telling this story, I'm like, you know, there was all these kids and there was color and artwork on the walls and it was so much different than what I was used to in corporate. And the kids were fun and I I always say I was getting socially appropriate hugs, like it was great. But a lot of the teachers were very stressed. And so Uh. I was sat back and I thought, 
I'm like, everywhere that I've went since college, everyone I looked around, everywhere I looked around, people were experiencing a lot of stress and there were very few resources for us to manage it. And I remember one of the teachers at the school going, how are you always so damn happy? Excuse my language. But but they said, you know, that's what he said. And I was like, I thought about it and I was like, I stick to my morning routine. I, I do these different exercises throughout the day that help me to build resilience. I also have things that I do after work that help me to break up my day. And I started eventually teaching those practices to the teachers that I worked with and started to see a difference mm. in some of the people that I worked with. You know, they were starting to benefit from that. And I always knew I had an entrepreneurial spirit. And while I wanted to do the HR track, what I always said was, I want to help people maximize their potential. And so I feel like I I found a way to do that. It just wasn't the way that I thought it was going to look. And so I decided I got to a point where I was like, teachers deserve better. I was like, people who are working in these corporate roles, they deserve resources and tools to help them to get through. Because a lot of times people really do want to be there. But then you get into this mill and it's just work, 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 work. And you start to forget that bigger purpose of why you entered that role originally. Right. And so I wanted to help people get back to falling in love with what they were here to do, especially when you worked in like helping professions and things like that. Think teachers and nurses. And as I learned about things like compassion fatigue and stuff like that, I was just like, our employees deserve better. And so I decided (laughs) one day I said, you know what? I was like, at the time I was like, I have no kids, no man, no land. I said, I am going to quit my job and figure this out. And so I started doing this work full time. I started the whole training journey of taking the resources and and the knowledge that I had gathered along the years from different trainings and things like that, packaged it and began selling it to organizations. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I mean, you know, you said something that I think is so extremely critical in order for you to truly love what you do, yeah. you've got to find a way to decompress, a mm-hmm. way to release the stress, a way to yeah. get on the other side and and find that ability for the resilience piece to step in, which is why what we're going to talk about tonight. And, and in particular, you know, Amanda, for black and brown women, you know, we've got a lot going on, you know, in addition to what we bring to the table, we've got to deal with all these other, the noise and the microaggressions and the, you know, all the other stuff that comes with the package of being a black and brown woman in corporate space, which is why it's so important for us to have these types of tools in our back pocket to help us along the journey. So, you know, my guest spotlights are 30 minutes. This kind of information is so critical. I really want to jump right in. You're going to share with us five ways that we can build resilience as black and brown women in the corporate space. So why don't we just dig right in? So Michelle and all the other people that are watching and probably got their pen and paper in hand, ready to take notes. What would be the first thing, Amanda, that you would recommend that you have shared with other clients and that you know work? What's the first thing that we need to incorporate so we can help build our resilience? Well, the first thing I suggest is taking a preventative approach, which you you know mentioned when you said my bio and things. But you know it's so important as you think about preventative approach. So before the stressful event even happens, like before something even bigger happens, making sure right. that you're taking care of yourself along the way. A lot of times when we talk about you know what we do when we're stressed, we say when I'm stressed, I do boom. 
I want mm-hmm. you to be doing this along the way before the stressful event happens so that you're already oh. taking care of yourself and already building out the neural pathways in your brain so that your brain knows what works well for you. And, you know, you mentioned something really important as you talk about the different things that we experience in the workplace, especially as black women, things like microaggressions and also taking into consideration what we're seeing on the news all the time. You know, when we look at statistics, you know, a lot of us just by default have to become activists and have so much exposure to so much traumatic information and things that we're also taking into the workplace. And, you know, what the research says is that when you look like what you are like advocating for, it hits you on a deeper level, right? So we have to be very cognizant of everything that we have going on. We have to be cognizant of the statistics of stress and um, our health in the Black community and be very proactive and take preventative approaches to taking care of ourselves. So the first thing is just making sure that you have something in place before it happens. And we'll talk about what some of those things can look like in the following steps, but just acknowledging, know your warning signs. So know what it looks like when you are pretty good. Know what it looks like when you need to kind of slow down a little bit and know what it looks like when you need to take a complete break and have have that awareness somewhere where you can check in often and say, where am I on this scale? And if you see too many days where it's a little too bad, take that break, get your reset and come back when you're better. Because especially I know you work with a lot of leaders, you know, we're not good for ourselves or anybody else if we're not taking care of ourselves foundationally. So So that's Oh my gosh, Amanda, what you just said is so critical and spot on. When you see on a regular basis, on TV, on our phones, notification, things that are happening to individuals that look like us, that 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 are within, it, it lands on us and it stays with us. And and as I always say, my, my, my people know who we are personally is who we are professionally. There's no way you can separate that, right? And I know, Amanda, you were uh, incredible when you worked with me and my team last year after the horrible, horrific uh, situation we saw happen. And, uh, to Mr. Floyd, and we did a serving above self, and that's why you and I are working now with my team on psychological safety. It is critical, and we can't ignore that. So please, if you, you guys that are with me live, if you're catching us on the replay, you know that what she just said is so important. Don't set it aside. Don't dismiss it. You know, and then understanding that you are going to be affected by it. So. Uh, putting these tools in place when you're not stressed so that they become part of your regular routine and DNA. And like you just said, Amanda, your brain will kick in. Beautiful. What's the next one you would, oh, go right ahead. I just want to quickly add to that too, right? Because, you know, right now, whatever you do in response to your stress is kind of what you do by default. So we have to do that in advance to train ourselves so that when we're under stress, the part of our brain that actually can't like thinks critically and knows yes. we need to do or moves into that default, it has a resource that's helpful for it. So we uh, want to be yes. proactive and that's how, that's how that, that helps. Um, my second tip is to start your morning strong. And I know there are some folks that are like anti morning routine. And even if you don't wake up at five sixteen in the morning, like I used to, I highly suggest, honestly, y'all, if you, if you are open to it, please get up earlier. But if not, that's okay too, okay? But how you start your day matters, okay? Even, whether it's at 5.16 or 7.30 in the morning, 
how you start your day makes a big difference. So put something in place so that you are preparing yourself for the day that's ahead. I know that I've noticed a big difference when, especially when I worked corporate, I, I had this, I would go through these seasons and some seasons I would roll out of bed and throw on whatever I had and just, and just run into the workplace. Like well, I'm here. What's up? Right. And what, when I would get up, and, and take my time and have my tea and do my devotional and, you know, have yes. that time for myself before the world started tugging on me and telling me what they wanted. When I could set intentions for what I wanted my day to look like, it yes. was a big difference. So make sure that you're starting your morning strong, whatever that looks like for you. I tend to do devotional stretching, get a workout in, move my body for about 20 minutes. As you may recall from training, we don't just store stress in our minds. We also store it in our bodies, issues and tissues. So let's move, right? But finding some things that you can do in the morning to set yourself up. And if you can, avoid that phone in the morning and just take some intentional time for you. And the reason why I also advocate for the earliness, I know it's a lot of people that are against it, but the reason why I advocate for that is because you have this time before the whole world is super busy and starts yes. where no one else is really up and active that you can have that time more for mm. yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yes. So, you know, because once you're, I mean, by the time my, by the time like eight, eight o'clock is rolling around or so, my phone starts ringing off the hook, you know? Yeah. And yep. so I know that if I get up earlier, then I don't feel the pressure to feel like I have to respond or I have to, you yes. know, I have some time to myself to kind of get intentional about what I want my day to look like. And I typically find that when I do that, my day looks better. Oh, yes. I, I so can relate. I don't always yeah. do the early moving, stretching or whatever, <laughs> but when I know whenever I am intentional about taking that time in the morning before I pick up my phone, before I do whatever it is to really just settle. And what I love that you just said is set an intention for yourself. I know that's a yoga thing because I do yoga too. And and my instructor always says, okay, set an intention for your practice today. But you folding that into your regular routine is so important. What is my intention for today? Is my intention to give grace? Am I going to give myself grace for the day? Whatever the intention is, and it doesn't have to be super complicated. Mm -hmm. And I also love, you know, the fact that you talk about your devotion. I know when I'm writing in, I listen to something's playing on my phone. It's YouTube. It's inspirational. Or I'm playing music that's uplifting. That's inspirational. And I feel great by the time I get out of my truck walking in. Right. And you're right. It so sets the tone. Love those two. Okay, let's go right into the third one, Amanda. What's the third one? Okay. It makes a difference. I'm, I hope I don't keep doing this to you, but I just have to add, I also started segment intending. And so what that means is throughout different parts of my day. So I have my intention in the morning of what I want my day to look like, but also as we kind of discussed a little bit earlier, I have my intention for this meeting. I have my intention, you know, for this for this uh, call or this time that I have or for my homework or for, you know, the different parts of my day being clear about what I want those to look like too. Okay. Yeah. Third thing is to do things throughout the day. Right. So we talked about the preventative approach, but there's different things that we want to do throughout the day. And there's lots of things that you can choose from, but the goal is to build the habit. So anything that we want to get really good at, we practice it. Right. So if you think about like a sport, and, you know, you're playing basketball and the coach calls out to play. You know exactly what to do because you've practiced so many times. And it's the same thing when it comes to managing stress and building resilience. 
the more that we do something, the more likely that it is to be a habit for us, right? And so when life calls out a play, we already know what works well for us, right? And so just little things throughout the day to help you strengthen that habit. So I typically suggest things like breathing exercises, gratitude, journaling, um, practicing affirmation, and breathing and stretching exercises. Um, And so that's a kind of reflection of my framework. And I know you have my guide linked somewhere. So that'll give you a bunch of different ideas of things that you can do um, that are reflective of that framework. But whatever that looks like for you that feels good, make sure that you're taking moments throughout your day and also that you're checking in with yourself throughout your day. I mentioned that earlier. You know, what do I need right now? How am I feeling? You know, whatever it is, you know, take those little steps throughout the day and check in and make sure that you are taking care of yourself the way that you need in that moment. Take your breaks. Yes, that's a great tip, Amanda. Great tip. Great tip. These are fabulous. I know you guys are just noting these, putting them all together and tie them all together. Okay, we're going to flow right into the next one, Amanda. What's number four? Okay, so the fourth one, very big on this, pay attention to what you pay attention to. Okay, so. (laughs) Okay, say that one more time, Amanda. Just say it one more time. Just say it one more time. Pay attention to what you pay attention to. Matter of fact, I have a quote right here. Whatever you tune into, you turn into, and what entertains you, trains you. What you focus on expands. Wow. I believe that through and through in every part of my life. And sometimes that can be a very hard reality. But it's not normal True. for us as Black people to look at ourselves in this much pain. It, it never was and it never will be normal. Um, I believe that we have to stop watching this stuff so much. Mm. I believe we need to be aware, but we also have to pay attention to how things are making us feel. Because if you look at it even from an attraction standpoint or something like that, you know, we talk a lot about manifest and all of this stuff, right? But you attract at the level that you feel. So if you're noticing that you're not feeling good, if you're watching things that don't make you feel good, and if you're constantly explaining that are not a firm you are, especially as a black woman, you have to pay attention to that. That can impact you in ways that we're not really paying attention to. And I meant to grab this quote by Toni Morrison that talked about how you know, a lot of this is really a distraction for us. But it's so important for us to pay attention to what's getting the most of our attention. I remember when I first quit my job and I first started trying to get these trainings and things like that. And I remember saying, I don't think they're hiring me because I'm black. And I kept saying that to myself. Mm. And I got to a point, I, I, I sent the link to my parents, so they're probably watching this, but I didn't tell anybody I left my job for a year. I just was like, let me figure it out. And then once I do, I'll tell um, <laughs> so They know that now. But, uh, <laughs> I remember saying that to myself, but then I was in this little pickle, right? Because no one knew that I had left my job. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh no, they're not hiring me because I'm black. And because my last name is Muhammad. And because... All of these different things. This were this was what was going on in my head. Right. And I remember right, coming right, down right. and I was like, okay, you have a choice because the lights at some point will be cut off. And I said, I have to change the way that I'm thinking about this. Because um, I, I had an understanding of the power of my mind, but I also noticed what I was saying to myself on repeat. And yes. so I decided, I said, you know what? I said, look, the black ain't going nowhere. So I'm just going to have to lead with my excellence. I knew that I was an incredible trainer. I knew that I was really good at what I did. I knew that I had received affirmation in other ways. I chose to put all of my focus on that. And once I did, 
opportunities started flowing in. And so I truly believe that what you focus on expands. And it's not to dismiss the very real things that we experience as Black women in corporate America or working or anything like that. But it's to acknowledge that what we focus on expands. And if you believe things like life and death is in the power of the tongue, if you believe things like yes. you focus on expands, then you have to understand that it works in the workplace too. And so when I when I when I'm hyper focused on you know the 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 pain or the the disparities and things like that, that's what I right. see more. And when I'm hyper-focused on Black joy, when I'm hyper-focused on Black success, when I look at women like you, when I look at people who are at the table and look at stories of overcoming, I see that for myself too. And so sometimes this can be a hard reality, but what we focus on expands. And I encourage everyone to look at more stories and examples of Black joy, Black success, because that's out there too. It's not what sells. It's not what sells. It's not sexy. You're right. And they know that. And they oh, know that. Yes. There's do- oh, yes. There's documentation. Me and my brother were talking about this, like redlining and, and things that have happened in yep. cities historically. Yep. There's documentation about, you know, when when they walk out of their house, they will be so depressed because of the state of the environment that they're living in. And when they're depressed, the crimes will rise. They right. know these things. They know what it looks like when we have exposure to our own people in our own environments and pain. And they they knew what was going on. The people who, who yep. created a lot of the societies, yes. you know, yes. ago, and yes. it's the same thing. It's just in different ways. So to get us to hyper focus on some of these more painful issues, I think unfortunately is a little strategic. And I think that we have to take our a way to take that power back and to build resilience is to say. And you know what? I'm black. I'm going to show up and I'm going to show you black excellence. Excellence. Exactly. Oh, Amanda, powerful, powerful, powerful. To the point, Marcello, my dog loved it. He had to bark and shut. But powerful. That is so real. And I often say, you know, this negative self-talk, that is what we have to kill. And so to your point, what you focus on is what becomes real. What you see, I mean, that's truly, we can create that destiny. There's so much power in our words. We have power in our words. And so it's critical that we tell ourselves what's possible, believe that, and continue to speak it into existence. Oh, my gosh. That what you just. Yes. Black excellence. Black excellence. Black joy. Black joy. Black abundance. Black luxury. Focus on those things and watch that expand, too. And it's not going to make anything go away. But I focus on what can I actually do about these situations too, right? So where can I put my money? Where can I put my vote? And so that I can, what can I do that still allows me to sleep at night too? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, again, it gets a little challenging because it's like, you don't want to be dismissive of the very real things that are there. You don't want to be ignorant of it, but you do have to be aware and understand how these things can impact you and be hyper-focused on them. It just is what it is. What I think that's is. just, you know, if you believe it in other yeah. areas, if you believe it, you know, if you think about any any other area, if you believe that, you know, when you look, people are like, oh, if you look at the negative side or, you know, whatever, 
whatever category it is, if you believe yes. it for that, you have to believe it for this too. Oh, you have to believe it for this yeah. too. And yeah. and I and I, I so agree with you. It it is who it is. We are who we are. Mm-hmm. I have never chosen and although I know my blackness is an issue for some other people, I have not chosen it to be an issue for me. So mm-hmm. therefore I show up. Yeah. In my excellence, yeah. I show up in in what I know I bring to the table and the value yeah. I bring. And the mm-hmm. rest is their issue. You Absolutely. know, the rest is totally their issue. Absolutely. We're getting close to time. You've got the fifth one. And I do have a, a question here that I want to try to okay. answer as well. Let's get into your fifth one. And Michelle, I promise oh. you, if we can get to your answer, we will. If not, you'll see a follow-up. Uh, I'll make sure Amanda addresses it for you later, Michelle. So what's your fifth okay. one, your fifth step? Okay. Yes. I'm going to go back. Have a transition routine. So some of us are still working from home. Some of us are going back into the workplace. Mm. Either way, find a way to transition from your work day to the rest of your day. Um, one of the things we talked about off camera, Linda, was just making sure that people, you know, have a life outside of work as well, right? Yes, and making yes, sure that yes. they're taking care of themselves for the workplace. But it's not just for the workplace. It's also for you. And a lot of you all are leaders. So understand, you know, we hear the saying, like, people don't leave work. They leave leaders. They leave you know, the people that they're working under a lot of times, right? right so right. you're taking care of yourself for yourself. You're also taking care of yourself for your team. But make sure that when you are done for the day, you close that laptop, you go. One of my transitions is I used to do dance class on, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays every week or, you know, go for a walk or do something to break up your day and to say, okay, work is done now. Now it is time for me to like have my evening and do the things that I want to do and pour into yourself so that you are not just mm. working going home and repeating the cycle. Make sure that you're continuing to find ways to break that up. And so the next day, you know, just so that it's not all work. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, beautiful. That's so needed. That is, yeah. uh, that's excellent, excellent advice. These have been powerful. And with every time this 30 minutes just flies by, Michelle had a question about yeah. advocacy. What if you are an advocate and you try to demonstrate black excellence, but you're also an advocate? You have to dig in sometimes to the pain from time to time. Yeah. Definitely, Michelle. I mean, you do have to dig into the pain. And Amanda, you mentioned that. I mean, it's not going to always be easy. And it's not. not. Yeah, it's not. And so if you're an advocate, um, so you're already dealing with this stuff, you know, just day to day trying to cope. And you're also trying to advocate in your workplace. It's so important that on your journey of advocacy, make sure that you are taking those breaks and increase your self-care. And really for you, pay attention to your warning signs. And know Mm. when you are reaching those certain levels, right? Because, you know, as you're digging into this, you, it's like I said earlier, um, look, you should look into uh, racial battle fatigue and activism burnout. When you're diving Mm. into a subject and you look like the subject that you're diving into, you are more susceptible for burnout and for that fatigue. And so it's, it's a slippery slope. So as you're doing that, make sure that you're taking breaks from it too. Okay, so it's so important to do that work. It's so important to advocate, but also make sure that on that journey, you're taking care of yourself as well so that you can continue to. Because one of the reasons we have such high turnover in the advocacy space is because there's not a lot of taking care of ourselves. Yes, yes. Continuing to dive in, dive in, dive in, and you get to a point where you just cannot take it anymore. You just can't do it anymore. Can't take anymore. I also... Yeah. And hey, on my uh, YouTube channel, there's a video on um, coping with um, 
It's called a call for self-care. Black Lives Matter. Uh, find that video and it'll give you five ideas of things to do for coping with that. Beautiful. Especially it, okay. Thank you, Amanda, for sharing that. Michelle, I'm so glad we got that in for you. Amanda, my dear, my dear friend, such an honor. Thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule. Love you to death. And this has been, um, I know what it, I knew it was going to be everything. I told you that. It's been everything. It's been everything. Yes. Take good care. All right. That's enough for being Brown at Work Live for this Tuesday. Catch us next week. Take care, everyone. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.